a big deal. Those queen beds, it's like it's like such a huge difference between a queen versus like because like Toria and I, when we were first you know like together, we were on sleeping a on, a, on a twin. Yeah, twins. <laughs> the are two rough. of us, and that was brutal. I mean, you know, I I, I love Victoria, but. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's, it's nice to have some space. Own. Like if I'm just laying on my own twin, yeah. I'm like, cool, my feet are hanging off. <laughs> I'm taking up the full extent of the bed. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. I I think, I don't know, I, I would really like to have a king someday. Like we've slept on kings before, of course. But like on a king, it's almost too much. Yeah, especially if, I mean, if I'm going to be moving out soon... I'm not going to be moving into a mansion. For it's sure. It's going to be hard to get the king into like a little <laughs> crappy condo, you know. Totally, totally. Fifth-story condo trying to bring a king up. To I've up. seen I've seen people online they have like a like the Alaskan king size, which is even bigger than a king. Yeah. And or it's California like California king. Yeah, the California king, whatever you want to call it, but it's like just monstrous and like this one girl i saw it was like it was literally the entire bedroom like it was all you had it's like the jason derulo bed totally totally (laughs) and so she had like like she had like a section of the bed that was like okay this is where i sit to play games and this is my my section of the bed for sleep that's not a bad idea actually like it was it was smart but i was like too much i kind of thought it was a little bit too much but i mean hey what do i know um hey there everybody what you know you know let's talk about gear locks <laughs> let's talk about gear locks that was our first attempt at a cold open we'll we'll see how that uh how that works in the future hello and welcome to the spires lookout the unofficial podcast for too many bones cloud spire and all things chip theory games music by Montplaisir. So today, what are we what are we talking about today? Uh, today we are talking about the combination of patches and tantrum. Yes, we are. We're talking patches. We're talking tantrum. So we're kind of we're kind of wanting to go through. We're, we're we're calling them combo guides. Yeah. So our thought with these is, you know, we've got seventeen gear locks to go through. Right. That's a that's a that's a hefty amount. And with each individual gear lock, like we could play sixteen games per gear lock. Yeah right to do like an in-depth you know thought process on every single possible combination and really we probably need to play more than that yeah um but our thoughts for this you know and maybe someday we will maybe someday we will just focus down on one particular gear lock i mean if we're still doing this podcast in three years or something yeah. who knows there's right? plenty of content further yeah, down the line totally i mean this is this game is is it's it's a well of of content of information of gameplay it's just it's so deep um but as opposed to trying to dive straight into something that crazy um what we've decided to do as kind of our first introduction for these gear lock guides is we're calling them combo guides basically what this means is each of us every every week that we're doing one of these we're going to have a set combination of two gear locks um so caleb will be playing one that he really likes i'll be playing one that i i really like and basically we're going to try and make these combinations you know something that'll work on its own and then we're going to talk about them yeah we were thinking we're probably going to switch it up a bit we're not going to just start with the most recent um or like start with the beginning um gear locks that came out originally we're thinking we're we're probably going to switch it up and just um get a good variety yeah um and let us know i mean 
We're, we're thinking about maybe like about an hour to two hours if you think we should be going shorter or longer. <laughs> Honestly. We're trying to flesh this out a little bit. For sure. And I, I feel like, you know, like, like we were saying, there's so much that we could do with these. Right. They could be three hours, four yeah, hours. We can you know. keep talking. <laughs> we can talk quite a bit. Yeah. So, I mean, if we wanted to, we definitely could go more in depth on all of these. But I think it's nice to have something of a cutoff point. Yeah. So... I think we'll try and keep these first ones a little bit short and sweet. Um, again, maybe somewhere down the line we decide we want to do more, you know, even further in depth. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the structure that we're thinking for this first one. So our first combination, we've got Tantrum, played by me, and... Patches, played by me. Yeehaw! Um, so let's do let's do just a quick little rundown of the characters as if there's anybody out there who doesn't know the characters okay. i mean you know wh why not so what tell us about patches patches is arguably the first gear lock so all right so patches i would classify patches as a support slash tank um we obviously did a two-player game um i do however think in solo he can hold his own um he might be a little bit lacking on damage but um he can out survive pretty much anyone just with his innate healing, he's got a ton of healing and then just temporary hit points. Yeah, um, he really stacks up those buff HP. Yeah, he really does. I mean, he's got quite a few um, roll dice just for buff HP. And then a couple that regen the buff HP or can regen them. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of like a general idea of what Patches is. For sure. Um, and, uh, tell us about, tell us about some of the, like, the lore for him. I mean, like, what's, what's the power fantasy here? Um, you know, who are, who are you role-playing as with Patches, I guess? Um, looking at Patches, um, I see a lot of myself in him. Um, the... <laughs> a crazy long, mad doctor. <laughs> <laughs> the, the long, long nights with little rest and, yeah. No, you can but. you can see the sleepless nights. <laughs> you can in his see eyes. the depression in his eyes, and <laughs> I just see myself. No, but um, I mean, ideally, kind of like how I I like to see it is you you really play this guy if you want to a buff up your teammate and just keep them alive and have them be doing you know glass cannon amounts of damage, um, or you can you can be a little bit more on the tanky side and kind of get a little bit of a, a healing mixed with damage, um. One thing that he does thrive in um, is that he has poison, um, which if you're playing with someone like Tantrum, who can't really deal too well with, um, what is it, Hardy? Hardy. Hardy's the one we normally... Um, or break. Or break. Or dodge. Or anything that can cancel out attack dice. Right. The poison is pretty much one of the best counters to that. Yeah, honestly, I don't know that it gets much stronger than that, particularly against Hardy, yeah. as we saw in our most recent play. Um, we had a lot of Hardy that we were dealing with, and those poison abilities were clutch. <laughs> oh. I mean, I can probably just go straight in and start talking about his skill trees. Yeah, um, go for it. Um, actually, before we do, let's let's talk about his role. You know, the the roles because you had mentioned you had mentioned you think he can be kind of a support or kind of a tank. Right. Um, what do we what are we classifying as support versus tank? What do we feel are the primary roles a Gearlock can have? Yeah, I would say uh, support tank, damage dealer, and I think damage dealer, just all-encompassing glass cannon, mm -hmm. take damage, whatever you want to call it. Uh, bruiser and then utility are kind of the, the ones I would classify it as. Specifically with patches, I think uh, definitely support. He leans heavy on support. 
support just being able to, to heal, to buff, um, just do things uh, to allow people that are more straightforward and more damage dealing to be able to get their damage off. Um, and then tanky, obviously just having a lot of health, having some defense. Um, patches can really be built either way, or you could do both. I did both in our last play session. Um, and I liked that. Yeah, it, it worked out really well. I really felt like you kind of had an answer to just about anything. You know, you really could take some of the glass out of my glass cannon. Exactly. <laughs> um, and that was that's huge, you know, especially for someone like Tantrum, where you can really just spend the whole time stacking up those yeah. attacks, being able to have some free, you know, hit points or some extra buff HP. Right. And as the tank, because I, I built both, I can also take a little bit of the uh, the attention away from him so that he can also do what he needs to do and able to actually kill the enemies, which I probably struggle more at. Yeah, definitely. I think that he does really struggle when it comes to just raw damage output because, I mean, you're only starting with one attack, right? Right. And what is it? Is it two dexterity? One attack and two dexterity to start with? I mean, that is that is not the build of a damage dealer. No, definitely not. Um, but you also had a ton of health pretty yeah. quickly. You so. start with five health. Which, which is awesome. Isn't that, is that the most out of any killer? I think, I think it might be. I think Carcass might have him one for one, but okay. that's the only other one that I can think of that has five health. I don't think right. anybody else has anything different, but feel free to correct us if we're <laughs> wrong, because uh, we're not going to go look. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, I really feel like he uh, he had a lot of ways to mitigate some of the tougher things in the game. Exactly. Um well, that's, yeah, that's that's perfect. Um, let's move on to, let's kind of move on to the next portion. Um, we're, what are what are his strengths and weaknesses, do you feel? Strengths for sure are just survivability. Um, if you're in the later rounds where you start ticking off points of damage, he's fatigue. just immediately going to heal that back up. Yep. Um, and that's just his innate ability. You also have med kit. You have a couple other things where you can add on extra healing afterwards. Um, and that, I mean... A lot of the times you have trouble dealing with Hardy, like we mentioned, but they're still going to take damage from the tick damage rounds, so you can just out-survive them. Yeah. That's one of his biggest strengths is just survivability, um, as well as, I would say, um, his consumables. I wouldn't say all of them are you know S-tier, but the poison dart is amazing. It goes from one, two, and three um, ticks of poison damage. Um, I think we got three ticks of poison damage when I used it against Blobulus, which he is, you can only deal one damage per turn anyway, so Stupid you just get free damage every turn and I don't have to go anywhere near him. Yeah, it was great because it's, it's non-adjacent, exactly. right? And I think, I want to say that's like the only ability in the game that has non-adjacent poison. Mm. I mean, other than darts, you know, fake poison, the tetanus or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Something that's classified specifically as poison. For sure. And gets true damage. Right. Um, well, I think that actually brings us into the next one then. Do you want to run through his ability trees and his innate? What, what What's he do? Um, before that, I do want to say, as far as weaknesses, because I oh, yeah, I sorry, strengths, but weakness, I mean, <laughs> Just damage. moving us on. It's really just... So he's one of the first gear locks, right? So he's pretty cut and dry. There's not too much complexity, I would say, as far as gear locks are concerned. He just doesn't have a lot of damage. And he starts with one damage die. I don't really feel the need to upgrade it unless I'm trying to be more of a tank and I'm more up in their face and I'm not trying to stay in the back and heal. 
for sure. So, I mean, you really, if you're playing solo, you got to go straight into some damage and get the the toxins, try to get the bone saw. But, I mean, it's going to take a bit. So you're, it's just going to be a game of attrition until you get those two items, or sorry, those two uh, combat um, dice. Yeah, absolutely. And I even think, cause you, and you kind of mentioned this before the, um, the fatigue, outlasting yes. people in the fatigue rounds. That was honestly that's such a like it's viable kinda, strategy. It's like a hack, honestly, it feels <laughs> like it should, be, it should be legal, but it just works so well. It does. I I almost wonder if he if patches specifically is kind of why he, they have the rule of the fatigue. It could be because it that might be what they had in mind. It it really does. It, like it feels like a loophole, but it it does kind of feel like an intentional loophole. Yeah, you know. Um, and I love that he can just, you know, he just keeps on plugging away. Um, so what what is his innate then, since you mentioned it? Yeah, his innate, I'll just read it off the sheet. Uh, innate recovery. At the start of his turn, Patches heals himself for 1 HP. Um, Straightforward. Cut and dry. You just heal at the start of your turn. Um, so if you're on a map where it's like lava, you take the one damage, you heal one damage, you just negate it, so you can sit on the lava tiles if you really need to, yeah. or if it's a good strategy for the enemies that you're against. Um, I would say one more um, fault that he has. Um, he has a lot of healing, and he has a lot of healing dice that you can go into. It really doesn't feel like you need it that much. I mean, with all the other stuff he has, especially with his innate and his, his temporary hit points... I felt like I was never really needing to roll my my actual healing die. And for someone like Tantrum, who isn't going to have as much health as me, you were almost getting one shot, and then it was like, okay, well, I could just heal him up, and then he has like two or three more hit points, maybe, if that. Or we could just kill the enemy a turn faster, and then you just don't take the hit points. Totally. Um, Yeah, I I, I did kind of think that some of the healing could end up being a little bit of a pitfall. Yeah. Um, not to say that it wasn't useful when we needed it. It can be, situationally, yeah. Because there were there were one or two fights where that kind of saved my bacon. Um, but at the same time, I think, I think that leaning too heavy into yes. that could be... I mean, especially when, like, you, you even have uh, here Gearlock for two bones, which is another way of healing, so... Yeah, you that's, really don't that's need your backup st- plan, right? Yes, yeah. You really don't need to stress going into too much healing i feel like which you would think you need to at a first glance seeing the character for sure um speaking of why don't you run us through let's do the ability trees and i think we should also do the backup plan too yes i want to talk about that as well um starting out we have his first tree combat medic i'll just read off the description uh the safest way to keep patches and his party alive this profession has it all um, get his main line of healing skills, the best weapons, and a way to resuscitate the party. So we start out, we have Medikit, we have Fast Hands, Bone Saw, Med Pack, and Zap Pack on the tree. Um, like I said, um, the healing probably don't need too much of it, even if you're doing solo. And Med that's kit, the first. Medikit is the first one, so you have to go that. Right. But I mean, after there, um, let's see, so it goes... Fast hands, and then you can either go into bone saw, or then you can go into med pack and zap pack. I mean, like I said, if you you're trying to rush the the damage, um, you'd want to probably just go straight into the bone saw. Um, I wouldn't really recommend going into med pack personally, 
or even Zap Pack really because I just get Liquid Life. Um, you can get it pretty easily if you just have leftover bones and then you don't really need the Zap Pack. Um, but yeah, that's just basic healing and then some some healing duplication and then a little bit of damage. Um, it's a good tree. It's a solid tree. The next tree is going to be Forester. Uh, the profession is a mixed bag, uh, but it is hard to pass up for its healing benefits, valuable poisons, and the occasional loot. Um, this is the one that I, I actually start out with toxins. This is the first thing that I ever get because um, you either get two bones if you don't get any of the toxins, which is pretty nice, actually. That's just a free one health if you really need it. Yeah. Um, and then you can get one, two, or three um, poison counters. Um, you do have to be adjacent. I do want to throw that out. Um, the poison dart is the only one that is is ranged. Um, but that is that is a very good skill to start with. I mean, starting out, going against a one-point baddie and just hitting him with three poison damage. Oh, it's so crazy. For one dexterity, that's amazing. Well, and I mean, because that adds up, yes. right? You know, you do three damage the first round, and then two damage the next round, and then one damage. It's a total of six damage. That's Yeah, and that's that's over time. You, not even including, like, each turn you're going to be doing extra damage probably totally. on top of that. Um, also, also nutrients is in that tree. Nutrients is kind of a mixed bag. You got healing, you've got um, a reroll for healing, and then you could potentially get loot. Um, not not the most uh, influential. Um, I think I saw you roll this. I, like I once or twice. I saw you roll it a bunch of times, and I don't think you used it once. <laughs> yeah, I ended up re-rolling it because I was like, okay, well, I don't really need to re-roll any heals. I don't have any heals. I just right. went with the, um, the stim stacker, which is the next tree that I'm going to talk about. Uh, oftentimes, more risk means more reward. The stim stacking profession is no exception. Some of these skills can backfire, but they can also greatly ramp up the party's health and effectiveness. So this is the tree that I would recommend going into heavily. This one was huge. Yes. I loved this one. This one, especially with Tantrum, just putting all the, the temporary hit points on him, and then having an ability where it can actually regen temporary hit points is kind of insane, especially in earlier rounds. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think that exists for any other... I mean, maybe there's a loot or something out there that can do something like that, but maybe, yeah. there's definitely not any skills that I know of that do any effect like that. Yeah, so in this tree we have Stim Kit, Chem Kit, Distiller, Stim Belt, Chain Reactor, Stim Lethal. Uh, I do want to talk about every single one of these because I think all of them are pretty good. I'm um, Starting out with the first one you go into is Stim Kit. Um, so Stim Kit... So I'll, I'll preface this by every single one of these except for Chain Reactor has the chance that you will damage yourself. which So it's it's a little bit of risk-reward, but it's a low chance that you're going to be um, risking any damage. Um, so the Stim Kit, uh, you can have buff HP up to 5, which is pretty insane. It's 2, 3, 4, 5. Chem Kit is a damage up. Um, basically, it'll just allow you to roll more attack die if your dexterity allow it. Which can be great Which for can somebody be great, like Tantrum. tantrum. <laughs> um, that goes 2-2-3-3. Two, two, three, three. Um, distiller, um, basically it's just a reroll. Um, you have 1-1-1-2-2. One, 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 two, two. Um, that one that one's pretty good if you already have a couple other ones and you roll them at the same time. Or you can even have it in, just in the active slot. But typically I roll all of these at the same time and I just stack us both um, so we can get that early um, extra health and then I can probably get that regen going. And I think that buff HP, I think having it out early in the battle 
really pays off. Yes. You know, like the sooner you get the it out. The sooner you get it, the better. Yeah. Um, the, only, the only thing that I noticed where it probably wasn't the best idea to do it as early was in the boss fight because we put it on early. I tried to get the heal for it on you and then I think I put a three. Uh, the three I rolled buff. a three, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that just got deleted immediately. <laughs> so then two of my dice are out of commission after one turn. We, uh, we played against Blobulus um and it had been a long time since i played against blobulus i kind of forgot that he steals your base stats and so we ended up giving him like seven hp and five attack dice yeah it was rough (laughs) it was a little little ouch um and then he has stim belt which pretty much does the same thing as stim kit except it has three four four five chain reactor this one is probably the best one um to get in my opinion excuse me it has two chances of bones but it also has two chances of you just regaining one health point every turn for the rest of the battle or one or two regaining one or two of the buff hp which that's kind of what i was talking about where we get the large amount of buff hp and then you can regen that and then you don't even have to worry about your healing abilities yeah absolutely and i think I, I do think this one's interesting because it, that's the booster shot side, right? That's the one you're talking about? Yes. So that one, it did kind of throw us for a loop a little bit because it does require you to have some buff HP. If you ever lose all of your buff HP, you lose the booster shot. That's, I mean, that's my interpretation where it says exhaust. That's how we were playing it anyway. Right. So as soon as you're out, it goes away. And then if you do have the chain reactor... So if you do have that buff HP and you do have the booster shot, if the buff HP die goes away, the booster shot also goes away, um, which is unfortunate, but I think the payoff is pretty good. Totally. Um, so I, I'd chance it. And then Stim Lethal, you do have two chances of damaging yourself, and one of them is two damage, which is not blockable. But the payoff is that you get one permanent health. Yeah. If it rolls success, it is a permanent health stat. That triggers immediately. Yes. And that also increases your health in that current battle. So, you know, if you're sitting at 3 HP and you get this, then it becomes a 4th HP. It's basically yeah. a heal as well. You heal yourself and then you just get the extra health for the rest of it. And if you if you get that early enough on, like if you just rush the tree and go for that. Which you could do. You could do that. I mean, you don't even really need the innate uh, plus one at that point, but... We'll get into that later. We'll talk about the innate plus one. So consumables, you have uh, acquired these beauties in loot or by trade. We have liquid life, poison dart, and e-cells. Liquid life, basically, you can just revive a dead teammate, which is pretty insane. Um, You do revive them with 1, 2, 2, 2, or 3, 3 health. Ideally, you'd want to get the 3s. If you get the 1, you're probably not going to get much value out of it. I did it with two, and then I just healed up, which was pretty good. That was helpful for you. I was going to say, although if you have something like Combat Medic, if you have some of those red dice in there, you could roll Liquid Life, bring them back to health at one, and then then you can heal them further. Yeah. If it's on yourself, you can't do that. If it's on another player, you can, so maybe not the best in solo. But it does uh, activate automatically if it's in your active slot for yourself, which is I mean that's pretty good. You at least don't die. That saved our bacon on this uh, on this tyrant on this battle. Last one, yeah. Um, Although we kind of uh, we kind of had to retcon that one just a little bit. <laughs> I, I actually did. I didn't read it fully. I didn't know it was supposed to be in the active slot in order to have order that to function trigger. Um, work. But it works. That consumable works like 
oh, who's the other? There's one other Gearlock I know that has a revive that slots into the active. It's Figment, actually. It's Figgy. Right. He's got a consumable that slots into the active, but you have to have rolled it before. Yeah. Before, you know, before it can trigger. So that one, I think that one I've always just popped it into the active slot, yeah. you know. Although I think that one, um, and maybe I should check this before I'm just start spewing stuff, but I think that one can only be used on yourself, whereas mm-hmm. Liquid Life, I think, you can use it on, can other, use people. on other people. Hey there, folks. It's Nick from the future. Isn't it nice not having to hear from me very often? I just wanted to jump in with a quick little correction here on Mr. Figment's uh, Flash Rewind die. It actually does say that you can use that on other gear locks or on yourself. The downside being the fact that it has two red bones faces, meaning that the bones must be used if you roll them. On to the show. Um, we're saving your bacon, by the way, because if you didn't read it fully like I didn't, um, you might have a, a game over. Yep. Um, next up is Poison Dart. Honestly, one of the best um, consumables in the game, I would say. Yeah, I don't think it gets much better than that. No, it really doesn't. It's just you got 1, 2, 2, uh, 3, 3 poison damage. Um, the chances of the, you being able to roll a 3 are actually pretty high because they have two threes. 3s. Um, I typically will roll a 2 or a 3 whenever I, I throw this one. Should we preface um, kind of how you get consumables in case people don't know? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Because, I mean, there's two ways you can get it, right? You can get it through the backup plan or you can get it through a fortunate discovery loot card. Right. Or maybe there's So, so these are not stuff, ones but... you build into. These are ones you acquire. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, I have e-cells. I think e-cells are a little underwhelming. The only real thing you'd probably want to use it for is the overcharge, which is five bones, and it just does four true damage pretty good amount of damage so if you are playing solo you might actually want to go into that but when i'm playing with tantrum not super efficient yeah i mean you don't need it really you really don't um speaking of why don't you run us through that backup plan because yeah um so his backup plan the first bone you don't get anything for that so unfortunately if you have one bone for the entire duration of the battle you kind of just sit on it and don't do anything but um second one you can heal any gear luck for one hp it's not a lot of healing it is good if you're in a pinch and you just happen to have two bones and you don't need to go higher for anything else um the three bones is called needle jab you stick the target for two damage um actually it has come in handy quite a few times just yeah because like i said he's lacking in damage um four is called fortunate discovery Acquire a consumable die, um, which is kind of what we are talking about, how you get those consumables. I personally, I always go Poison Dart first, and then I'll get Liquid Life later in the game. Yeah. Um, and then just upgrading to the Innate Plus One. Um, we've already mentioned the Innate, but the Innate Plus One is called Major Recovery. Instantly and permanently increase HP stat die by one, once per adventure. Uh, at the start of Patch's turn, heal any gear lock for one HP. Um... So this is kind of like a combination of the innate and a uh, stim lethal if yeah. you get that permanent health upgrade. I'm not going to lie, it doesn't seem extremely necessary to go for your innate plus one. It's a good innate plus one um, if you really are going more towards healing and health. But when you already have so many other options that are more cost effective, because I mean six bones on someone who really you don't want to be doing too much dexterity because I, I kept it at four dexterity the entire game and that yeah. was perfect um you're not really gonna be getting that too often 
I, yeah, I, I felt like that in 8 plus 1, because I have played Patches a few times solo, um, and I think I've even done a two-handed game with him. Um, and if you don't know what the difference are, so if you're doing true solo, you're playing with one singular gear lock. Um, if you're doing a two-handed game or a three-handed game, you're playing as multiple gear locks. Um, but I remember, I remember getting that in 8 plus 1. I remember being underwhelmed. So Caleb, in 8 plus 1, do we love it or do we lose it? I say we lose it. Yeah. Um, it seems really good, but it's just if if you get the right stuff in his kit, you don't need it. You, uh, yeah, I, I think it's kind of overkill. And and I mean, obviously, if you're getting six bones for free and you have nothing else to spend oh, on. Oh, for sure, get the NA plus one. But I mean, you could also just go into the the overcharge after getting the, the Fortune Discovery and just have a free four true damage for a boss fight. I mean, true damage is, is one of the best types of damage in the game yeah um i just i prefer poison obviously but that's normally because poison comes with the range i i absolutely agree i think that spending the four bones on a poison dart and then another four on liquid life if you tap up that many bones i think that's perfect i think it's more important than really getting the innate plus one totally um and we'll we'll talk about tantrums in eight plus one too and what we feel about that one um but uh yeah i I quite like that so we also wanted to talk about uh how do we feel how do we feel about patches in a short game versus a long game how do we feel he stacks up yeah i i mean i gotta say a little underwhelming in a short game yeah you don't have a lot of time to build up what you need I I would recommend getting at least one attack, one defense, a little bit of, of dex. You probably don't need to get more health. That, but that could be... A, a short game could be something where you can... You don't need to do that. Yeah, and, and where you can just rush straight for the bone saw. Yeah. I was kind of thinking, you know, in a short game, you you could do that. You, you could, could just yeah. bust straight for, you know, the, the for big sure damage. you would want to get dex, I would say. Just because, I mean, if, if you get a couple abilities and you have... Um, two dexes, which is what he starts out with. Uh, if you're playing on the harder difficulty, um, I mean that's you. You use all your abilities, and then why you have one attack and one defense for the rest yeah. of the game? Not super helpful. Um, obviously, if you're just playing a game of attrition, it doesn't really matter. But for sure, okay. So we we do feel like he's a lot tougher in long games because long game you get a build up, you get the the amazing abilities that are later on in the tree. You yep. get to stack up the health, you get to stack up the buff HP, stim lethal. You yeah, get all exactly. of it. You get your consumables, and you even could go into the uh, to the zap pack and start doing some revival stuff. But I I feel like I feel like you would only want to do that in the long game with a lot of players too. Yeah, we. I've never played with more than two players. Mm-hmm. I would say if you have four, it would be definitely be different. You might want to build a little bit more health as well because you can't you can't stack too much of the the buff HP. So if there's right. three other players, health more influential for sure. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And I think I think every point that you put into health, <laughs> I, I felt like I could really see that make a difference. Yeah, you know, because you can regen it. Yeah, so easily. Um, yeah, I definitely liked the uh, seeing the health on patches. Um, Caleb, how do we feel about him in the early game versus the mid game versus the late game? I mean, what do we think? What do we think his kind of progression looks like? So early game, um, pretty weak. You you pretty much if you're playing solo, like I said, game of attrition, you kind of just wait and outlast them. 
Um, you can rush into uh, the toxins, but I mean, obviously, if there's more than like one or two opponents and you hit one with the toxin, you just gotta bash the other's heads in and then wait for you'll you'll probably end up in the in the five plus rounds. At Get that those point. fatigue rounds. Um, which I mean, it's it's a viable strategy. It's not the most fun. He definitely becomes his own when you get into the mid to late game. You get all the the abilities that are really going to keep you alive longer and start doing a little bit more damage with the bone saw at least. And, and um, keep your team alive keep too. Team, exactly. Like mid game with Tantrum is when I started feeling like, okay, I'm going to be able to give both of us buff HP. I can start tanking. I'll take maybe two of the baddies to focus on me while you take two keep you alive longer and then just split the damage between us yeah it works really well yeah i i quite liked it okay on to our next little bit here how do we feel about patches function on the different mats the different regions right because we've got we've got three different regions right now or three different mats right you've got the base game mat which is you know plain and simple You've yeah. got the undertow mat, which is, of course, the one that's dual-sided. has the, the river mat and the land side. And then, of course, we've got our new unbreakable lava mat, which is just so darn Pretty cool. amazing. But, um, you know, surprisingly, he was not made for the, the undertow <laughs> and for the, the lava mat, but he does surprisingly, surprisingly well on them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, he was the first one of the first gear locks. So base mat, I mean, you know, it's pretty standard. He does well. Um, you don't really need to move around a lot, so I feel like it doesn't matter too much Mm-mm. what mat he's on. However, I would say with the Lava Mat, which is the one we played on the most recent um, game that we have played, just him being able to do his, his innate healing on top of a Lava Tile, where you just you take one damage, you just get it right back. Pretty great, actually, because there's a couple baddie skills where you're going to want to stay on the Lava, or even ones where you, you probably want to just be hopping around a bit which you might be taking damage from and just the ability to heal every turn at least one hp in a map where you're going to be taking a lot of damage from the environment is pretty pretty helpful for sure um and i actually think that that segues really nicely into our next bit we were talking about baddie skills to watch out for since you mentioned lava there's there's a few skills that trigger with lava the name escapes me oh it's pollute right that's what it is because it only targets people who are not on lava and so if you're just chilling in in the lake of fire (laughs) you can just dodge the poison which is honestly preferable right because you're just healing that bag um and i think there's i think there's a couple of other you know unbreakable style skills that can really be negated by that heal right exactly um but uh but what other what other skills did you notice you had kind of good effect against I mean, like we mentioned earlier, Hardy, um, anything really where it's like you, you're you going to be doing less damage or a maximum of one. Just having a, a permanent, like not permanent, but if you get three ticks, that's three turns where it's just going to immediately tick them down. It's basically you can focus on anyone else. You don't have to focus on that one character that you might want to be like, okay, if we need to get them down take them once you know attack them once per game and then you can't attack anyone else right just throw a poison counter on them ignore them you know it works out really well yeah no i definitely i definitely felt like you were clutch against those hardies i would say it's also really good against break oh what is it is it break it has the, the weakened two on it yes the yeah. so the break type well okay so that was actually two that you mentioned so 
the break skill, that's the one where they exhaust your attack dice. Right. Um, which I do think you're good at. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't really need the attack dice. I can just keep buffing. I could tank the person who's going to attack someone and take away their attack dice so that Tantrum can have his full amount of attack dice. Right. Not have to worry about getting that taken away from him. Just a quick little correction here. The skill that Caleb was talking about isn't break. He meant sword breaker. But, of course, patches is great against break, too. So it works. And you can also, and you did mention weaken too, because you were kind of, you were kind of getting wailed on by a weaken baddie at the end there. Yeah, so weaken is a uh, place of weaken effects. Uh, sorry, weaken effect die on target. Gearlock's dex is reduced by number for the next turn, which um, dex is a little bit harder on patches just because you do need to be able to roll for your uh, your abilities that you need. But I mean, I, I can roll, what, two two abilities if I have four decks and I get hit by a weakened two. And I can still get buff HP or heals off. So it's not too bad if I'm the one being hit by it. Obviously, if you hit Tantrum with it, I mean, he can't move around as much. He can't do as many attacks. He won't get his, his tick-ups as well. And that's another thing I did want to mention about patches. Pairs really well with characters that have tick-up abilities. Yeah. Hey, yet another great segue. I'm loving it. Um, what uh, what other combos do you think Patches does really well in? Um, who yeah. does he work with? Well, first of all, obviously, Patches and Tantrum, I have to say, work very well together. Um, For sure. Just being able to support someone who is a glass cannon who is very versatile as well and being able to make up for his weaknesses, like me being able to take care of with poison, uh, take care of Hardy or tank and just kind of have him be able to free roam around works really well let's see i wrote down who else so we were thinking static would be pretty good static uh being a very brawler heavy damage heavy character just being able to to give him enough health so that he doesn't have to worry about when he's going to be able to get his tick ups and not have to waste his tick ups just to survive he can get the maximum amount of damage in a reasonable amount of time and not worry about dying. We were thinking Boomer. Boomer's another tick-up character. She also does damage. She is more ranged, so you'd want to build patches a little bit more tanky as well as support. So probably better in a longer game, I would say. For sure. Um, we were thinking Figgy. Um, and Love Figgy. <laughs> Duster as well might be some good combos for that. Yeah, well, and I think both Figment and Duster also really benefit from having the game progress longer exactly. you know the longer the more time you have the more you can stack up figments backup plan the more you can wait for the correct round to trigger your cool effects and for duster i mean you get more time with nightshade out on the battlefield exactly. you can you can hit those level ups um yeah yeah i quite like that um well sweet any any closing thoughts for our boy patches um honestly if i had to rate him I mean, Ooh, he's a like a idea. solid, like maybe like four out of five, I would okay. say. I, I, I'm I probably being a little biased because I really like the character, but he just feels like the perfect support. Yeah, no, I think he's I think he's an amazing support. And I love, I mean, the, the health scaling that he has is just so... Oh, it's insane. It's so good. You can also give the health scaling to other people as well, yes. like permanent health upgrades. And, and even the attack upgrades, too, all from that same stim stacker tree. Right. Like, I mean, that boy, that can really add up if you... That can turn the tide of the battle. Totally. Especially in the long run if you're going against a harder boss. Definitely, which uh, we were going against Blobulus, <laughs> so we had a fun time. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I uh, I quite like that. Um, all right. Well, I think before we head into our next gear lock, I think we take just a little bit of a little bit of a break here and talk about our baddie of the day, baddie of the day or the week or baddie of however long it takes for us to upload. <laughs> um, the the baddie of the time period. Um, so this week's baddie is the Krelp. Um, and I think it is hilarious. It looks like a seaweed dog, honestly. It, it looks like an evil seahorse. Um, it's a Krelm type baddie. Um, and it is from the 40 Waves in Daylor expansion, the expansion um, designed to expand onto Too Many Bones Undertow. Um, so he's a four health, three initiative, two attack, and two defense. So pretty solid stats all around. Um, since he's Krelm, of course, he's a three-pointer, a three-point baddie. And he has got two skills on here. He's got the Undead skill. Do you want to read that for us, Caleb? Undead. The first time this unit is defeated, plays it back on the top of the baddie queue. When it re-enters play, it starts with only two HP, and its attack stat is doubled. Yeah, and that can be pretty painful. I mean, of course, there is there is one baddie who's kind of infamous for the undead stat, mm. the uh, the bone dragon, of course, um, who ends up getting what is it like eight attack or something like that. Something like that. <laughs> I hate that stupid baddie. So obviously, it's not quite that bad, but still, four attack and two defense. That that stings, even in the late game. Oh yeah, and his other ability is called Pullin. So target party member is placed in. Krell starting position adjacent to this unit if possible. So yeah, he pulls you into the water with him. He says, come on in, take a swim. And it's nice and warm. Yeah, nice and warm <laughs> next to this undead seaweed monster. Yeah. Um and uh and and that pull in ability, since you're in the water, you then are required to spend two dexterity, I think, to climb out of the water on your next turn, which is it's fantastic. Annoying. So annoying. Um, and if not, I think that you actually have to skip your turn. I might need to reread the undertow mm, rulebook. That book, might be something we need to look up. But I'm pretty sure that if you can't pull yourself out of the water, I think you lose a turn. I think you're just stuck in there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely not a baddie to sneeze at. He is a melee ranged baddie, which for the Krellin, of course, is a little bit of a mixed bag. Yeah. Because that, of course, means that they are chewing on your raft, and we all know how well that goes. Mm. Um, but he does target the strongest gear lock, so you can kind of dance around him a little bit. Um, but sweet, I think. Oh, what do you got? One thing I did forget to mention with patches that I was <laughs> going to mention. I'm sorry. No, go for it. Brain fart. Um, I forgot to mention the Undertow map. Oh, yeah. Um, not as well of a character for the Undertow map, just because they damage the raft. You have to worry about the raft being damaged and then brought under. So if you're playing a game of attrition and they're also kind of just like playing a game of attrition yeah you're gonna lose that one more than likely uh, the longer the game goes the worse it's gonna get for you for sure well and he also patches really kind of struggles with movement yeah exactly you really no don't movement have abilities anything. not a lot of free decks yes you you really you really need the decks that you have yes um to be able to do things and i mean like on the lava mat i feel like you get around that with the free heal exactly yeah but not with the undertow. Not with undertow. Well, sweet. Um, I think that leads us into tantrum time. Are you ready for this? I, I think so. I'm ready for a tantrum. All right, so just 
off the bat, you want to tell me a little bit about Tantrum? If you know any of like lore backstory or just kind of how he plays, what he looks like? Oh yeah, uh, Tantrum. So being fearless and having a temper is not usually a good combination, but in Tantrum's ta- case, it's perfect. Don't let his small stature fool you. He's a powder keg of damage just waiting to be ignited. And I love that description of him. Oh yeah. So he's just this teeny tiny little berserker. Like he's just he's just itty bitty. Like the the character art for him is just he's just so small, but he's just angry as all get out, and I love it. It's like um, a barbarian for D anD. d Yeah, totally. He's 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 very much the barbarian uh, kind of stereotype. The the what what's what am what am I looking for? The um the barbarian gnome. Yeah, he's, he, <laughs> he's totally a barbarian gnome. Um, yeah, and he, so he has this rage mechanic that, is, you know, we'll get into, of course. Um, but he, he's an angry little, little effort. Yeah, the idea of just thinking about, like, because when you see his, his character picture, he's just a little angry child with an axe. Just thinking about him doing something like jumping around the map, chopping people apart, it's pretty funny. The, the and picture. eating their bodies. Yeah, 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 yeah. A <laughs> yeah. little, little carcass in them. Yeah. Here, so a rundown for the ability trees, uh, for the ability trees and their functions. So first off, we've got the Zerker tree. Watch Tantrum's rage meter rise with each hit he deals or damage he takes. Managing this meter correctly can spell doom for the baddies he faces. Um, I definitely agree with that. You've got four dice in here. Three of them are variations of the rage dice. We'll get into what the rage mechanic does. And the fourth one is anger management, which can help you mitigate those rage dice. Basically, the way that rage works, um, this is kind of a special rule for Tantrum. Anytime he deals damage on a turn, he ticks his counter up by one. And... Anytime he takes damage, he ticks his counter up one per health that he loses. So it's a very specific wording because it doesn't, it means that stacking up defense doesn't help him. Um, and the other thing you to. You want to be hit in order to get your tick ups. Yeah, you really do. And so you kind of. Another thing that pairs well with patches. <laughs> yeah, it really does pair well with patches because you're kind of a sucker for pain. Um, I feel like there's a song. I'm just a sucker for pain. <laughs> I knew one of us was going to sing it. Um, yeah, no, I feel like that that rage is really powerful. And I, I actually skipped his innate. I feel like I kind of want to cover that first. But his innate says that Tantrum starts with rage, skill die, in slot number one of his skills area. And before battle, it's placed in his active slot and set to 1.0. So a couple of things to note about this. First of all, that being set to 1.0 means that you you know there's there's these different scaling that you need to do once you get up to 1.8 you can either move on to the next portion you can move on to the next dice if you have it unlocked or you can execute so with the with the first dice the number one dice you can execute a one point baddie with the second dice you can execute a five and with the third dice you can execute a 20 point baddie. which is insane oh it's absolutely bonkers (laughs) But you have to remember how much you need to tap that up. I, I have seen some people online who have talked about Tantrum and talked about using his executes versus using his, um, versus using his bones. We're, of course, going to talk about the backup plan in a second here. Um, but at, uh, at the 1.6 level for his first rage dice, you get three bones from spending that dice. Mm. And 
I thought that was huge. I was spending that left and right. I did that way more than the executes, although I did use those still. Right. Um, but I was using that all the time because three bones gets you really, really close to his four bones backup plan. Again, we'll talk about that in a second, but that four bones backup plan is wild. So let's move on to the next one. Um, the next tree, his green tree, is Mimic. One of the most accomplished fighters the Gearlock race has ever seen, Tantrum is a quick study. In no time, he can adapt his own techniques and shape his skills to mimic enemies whose paths he's previously crossed. So he's got three skills here. He's got like a worm, like a wolf, and like a kobold. Um, there is a standout here that we really like. Um, but these are all actually defensive skills. So we haven't really talked about his primary roles yet. Um, he can really be either a damage dealer or a bruiser, I think. Right. Um, he he doesn't really have much in the way of support. He doesn't really have much in the way of utility. And I don't really think he can be a true tank. No. But I think he can have some promise as a bruiser. Um, and, and these skills really help with that. With like a kobold being the standout case here, that gives you access to Hardy for either uh, one or two um, rounds here which is one of the best skills in the game that the enemies have yeah having it as a gear lock is it's pretty influential for how the game's um pace is being set absolutely and i think it really helps to outpace some of those other baddies right i mean we were going against blobulus yeah man was swinging with five attack every Hitting single time seven damage every turn or so yep but since i had hardy he didn't hardly scratch me for at least the first couple of turns. And of course that does exhaust. You don't get permanent hardy, right. but having it for one for or two one rounds. one or two rounds is still really good. huge. And it does still have a bone side, so it can miss. And then the other side gives you an axe. Um, we're going to talk about what the axes do in a second. Uh, the other two skill dice in here, like a worm, gives you access to poison armor. When you get hit, you place poison on the offender. And the other one, like a wolf, gives you lashback, which is just retaliate damage. Um, Did you feel like you really needed to build that in the in the scenario that we had? I I really didn't, especially with patches on my team. I mean, I had a true tank if I, if we needed it. You know, right. you really could do the tanking. If Tantrum was the only frontliner and you were building him as a true bruiser then I could totally see putting like a worm on there. Right. Um, especially in combination with like a kobold because you've got the hardy and you've got this poison or this lashback. You can, you can, you can some be... Some good value. Yeah, it's some good value. Um, you know, because they swing at you for three or four, you only take one and then you deal two back to yeah. them. You know, that kind of thing. That's kind of nice. Um, but I don't know that that's necessarily the path I would recommend that you take. But let's talk about the next one. Um, the next one is Skirmisher. There's never a dull moment in the life of a Skirmisher. This skill line has just about every trick in the book. Modify Tantrum's initiative, improve battle positioning, and even cripple his enemies. So you've got six different dice in this one. The first three lead into each of the second three. So it goes Intimidate and then Enervate, Cripple and then Strengthen, Way of the Wild and then Way of the Ebon. Um, intimidate changes your position on the initiative meter. Um, you can change somebody down on the initiative meter, which, so I got this skill pretty early on and I think I used it once. Mm, but it um, did, it, 
We did get some loot cards that allowed you to do that as well. That's so true. So it wasn't as influential. That's true. And I think if I hadn't gotten those loot cards, I probably would have used this more. Um, especially as you get late into the game and all of these baddies are, you know, they're sitting Six. on <laughs> fives and sixes yeah. for their initiative. You know, they're just flying. Um, I mean, not literally flying, but you know what I'm saying. Some of them were flying. Some of them were flying. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was, it's really, really nice to be able to knock them down a couple of pegs and, you know, suddenly they, uh, you know, you can even make them lose a turn potentially, depending on how you play this. Um, cripple on the other hand gives minus one attack to one of the baddies and way of the wild adds a disable to them. So it removes their skills. Um, however, the one that I really liked the most is the second. So you need Intimidate to get Enervate, um, but an Enervate is what I think I liked the most. It gives a 4 out of 6 chance for a jump, um, especially on the Lava Mat. I loved this because you can literally just go anywhere on the map, and you can even split your damage, which is really interesting because right. you can re-choose your target. Um, and I loved that one. You can also use Strengthen, which gives you an additional attack or even an additional attack skill point. You just automatically buff your attack stat. So it works kind of like Patches Stim Lethal. Right. Um, I did not go for this die. You at really all didn't need either. it. Yeah, I, I totally didn't need it. Maybe in a solo gameplay, yeah. a little bit more important. I could see that. And especially if you're doing solo in like a longer. Right. Uh, adventure or in a or campaign you're, you're probably going to get a lot more abilities as well totally i think you could get some value out of that but i just i never felt like i really needed it because by the end of the game i was chucking five six attack dice no problem and then way of the ebon is uh is a taunt you know that that's it's a four out of six chance for a taunt and that's pretty simple you can you know you can um kind of draw the attention away from your Friends, I think that if you were again building more, more towards a, brawler. A, a bruiser brawler kind of set, you would probably want to do a couple of those skills from the mimic, and then of course grab Way of the Wild into Way of the Ebon to get you that taunt. Right. Um, I don't think he's a very effective tank per se, but again, I do think you could have that sort of um, like a spiky, bruiser. like a hybrid. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he's got his consumables. Now, Tantrum's consumables are really interesting. He does not have a backup plan that allows him to get any of his consumables. He has a backup plan that allows him to get one of his consumables. And fortunately, it's the most important one. So that's yeah, the first one. Throw. Axe collectors. We, we, gotta, we gotta have the axes. You have to have the axes. I love the axes. So it's a counter. It ticks up all the way to three at the most. And you take it down to just instantly deal two damage to any baddie. Now, unfortunately, it's not true damage, but who cares? Because that two damage to anybody is insane, mostly for the thing for the reason that it bypasses targeting. Mm. You do not have to target. You can hit flying enemies. You can hit untargetable enemies. You can hit anybody with this. Um, so you can really bypass some of those trickier things to deal with. And it can even kind of help with Hardy. Um, because, you know, if you're wailing away on another baddie while the hardy guy is just sitting there, you never want to miss an opportunity to get in one of those chip damage uh, bits, and having the axe collector is huge. And I did want to mention, I believe a lot of your tick 
uh, abilities do carry over in between yes. uh, combats. Yes, they do. Anything that is on your skill mat or in a locked slot carries over between combats, and act co- Axe Collector, I should say, stays right where it's at in your skill area. Uh, Horn of the Zerker is the second um, is the second consumable. I think that in all of the time I have played Tantrum, I think I've used Horn of the Zerker once. Um, it's fine. Four of the sides are reusable bones, so never going to complain about that. Um, and the other two sides, one of them uh, disorients all baddies uh, that are five point or less, which is not nothing. Um, and the other side uh, gives you party inspire. All gear locks move to the top of the initiative meter. Mm. That's huge if you could pull it off, yeah. right? Because again, you don't have a reliable way to get Horn of the Zerker. Right. So, I, you know, it's a burger of nothing. I mean, let's be honest. Axe Collector, pretty solid. Yeah, that's I mean, all you need. The ability to have a ranged attack, especially when I have one as well for my consumable as well, where we're both melee units and we can still hit ranged. Yes. Pretty nice. Super nice. Really good together as well. Yeah. Um, the next one, or the final one, I should say, the final consumable, and uh, I, I realized I didn't actually read the consumable flavor text. Nothing like loot tantrum can keep coming back to. Um, the, the the third one is body count, which is also a counter and works pretty similar to Axe Collector, but this one ticks up for free every time you deal the final killing blow to a baddie. Um, and then you can take this down at any time during your turn. You take this down by, you know, however many you have to gain that amount of HP. I think the lore for this is a little weird. Like, I'm pretty sure yeah. this guy is eating corpses. <laughs> I mean, we got we got other characters there. Similar. I guess that's true. Carcass is doing the same kind of thing. Yeah. But um, Yowza, I don't I don't know about this. Well, are we baby. the good guys? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> oh boy. Um, well, let's let's talk about his backup plan then. Uh, his one bones backup plan is get angry. It increases his uh, active rage die by one tick. Um, the two bones is calm down, decreases it by one tick. I found neither of these to be helpful. I used neither of them. I mean, you could. I know I have used them in the past. If you are super duper close to the maximum for your 3.0 rage dice, um, it's it can be great because you right. know you can pull off an execute on a 20 point or something. Which is insane. It's super insane. But also, it's only increasing it by two. Mm. And it costs a whole bones and a usage of your backup plan. I just think there's more effective uses. Um, three bones, you don't get anything, but at four bones, you get Axe Collector. You set the Axe Collector die to its maximum value of three. This is the big one. It's amazing. It's so amazing. Um, and I think this really combos well with that first Rage die because that's three bones. So all you need is to grab one bones from among your three attack, and eventually you should probably train some defense. All you need is one bones from everything else that you have and your 1.6 Rage and you get this. You get three of your axes, which is... Six total damage. Six total damage, and it doesn't require a target. It doesn't get better than that. I really don't think so. Um, Recoup is his five bones backup plan. Heals Tantrum for four HP. I did not use this one. I don't think I've ever used it. Yeah, I mean, playing with patches, I definitely didn't need it. Yeah. But I even feel without patches. You're, You're using your body 
count. Your body count. Yeah. You're you're gonna be you're gonna be eating those corpses. You and don't need. When this. are you gonna get a lot of value out of four health specifically? Totally. Especially when you don't start off with the most amount of health. Right. You start out with four health, which isn't nothing. It's nothing to scoff at, but. But I mean, it's kind of something to scoff at. Like you could scoff a little. You could scoff a little. Yeah. <laughs> a little scoffage. A little scoffage. And then, of course, his six bones backup plan gives him an eight plus one, but we'll talk about that a little later. Yeah, all right. So uh, you kind of talked about his role. What what roles, what, what does he check in the uh, the boxes in four as far as roles are concerned? Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like the two big things that he checks are he really he really can be a bruiser. Um, I I don't know that I love that build for him, but you could totally build him as a bruiser. Um, I think, you know, very much like a kind of damage reflection tank mm. where you're just kind of, you know, hitting that chip damage back at people um, and you're using your taunt, you're using your cripple, those kind of things. You could be something of a bruiser, but you still start with three attack. Right. I feel like not going at least somewhat into damage is just a waste of his skill. Um, do you feel like multi-classing is a viable strategy for him? I do. I do think you can do that. But honestly, I think the most fun I've had with Tantrum is just building him like a glass cannon. You don't really worry about health. You don't really worry about defense. Just stack the ever-loving goodness out of uh, his attack stat, and you grab him a handful of skill dice to keep him in the game, Mm. and you just chop stuff apart. You use that axe collector and just bust him down. As a glass cannon, you think, what, mostly want to play with support, tank... I I do think that he works pretty well with some tanks. Um, I think, and we'll we'll talk about some of his combos. But I think he worked amazing with patches, having somebody there to tank, to support, to again take the glass out of the glass cannon. Um, I feel like that was really significant. It made me able to play him like a bruiser without having to invest the points mm, in exactly. being a bruiser. Um, so yeah. And we can talk about the, uh, the combinations a little bit later as well. Um, let's get into what are his strengths, what are his weaknesses, pros and cons. Pros and cons. Um, I feel like his biggest strength is, I, I really feel like it's that axe collecting. Mm. Um, just being able to hit anybody on the battlefield, uh, is huge. Um, I love having the self-sustain from the body count. Um, it doesn't seem like a whole ton, but it really does add up, especially if you save it, right? Because you can save that body count pretty easily for a tyrant battle or for a specific baddie point threshold. Save it for the big fights. You know, keep an eye on it. Um, and you can keep yourself alive. And, of course, having a three attack stat innately is insane. And the fact that you can get him up to a maximum of nine attack is just... Bonkers for Yonkers. That's crazy. That's so wild. Um, weaknesses, though. I do feel like he can get bursted down pretty easily. Hmm. If you have a swing and a miss, or if you're swinging at somebody who's not very important. Glass um, cannon. Yeah, he is a glass cannon. He still can get bursted down. And you have to remember that his body count can only be used on his turn. So if you drop from four health to zero health, it doesn't matter how much you've got in the body count, you're still dead. Um, you have to eat the corpses before you die. So be a little bit wary of that. 
And especially when you're not really wanting to build a lot of defense. Definitely. When you're getting hit, you need to make sure you're getting hit for the amount you, you want, not yes. the amount that will kill you. <laughs> yes. And and you also have to be careful um, of getting too excited using his rage dice. I feel like that's kind of an easy trap to fall into. The rage dice are super cool, don't get me wrong. Um, but don't get too caught up in trying to stack that up infinitely because it's really easy to get just a little bit too much damage and suddenly you're over the breaking point and you have a breakdown right because right. if you ever get too much damage without accounting for it correctly you have that breakdown you lose your rage and that can be really that can really suck yeah all right let's talk about longevity are you thinking better in a short game better in a long game um i actually think that tantrum scales really well mm-hmm. i think that in a short game you know, very worst case scenario, like when we played against Nam, uh, we only had a handful of days. We weren't really using much skill dice, but I was still chucking three attack dice. Yeah. You know, that's that's never a bad thing. Um, you you really can still work in the early game, and again, it doesn't take that much to stack up your axes. Um, in long games, though, I think that he does have a tendency to maybe fall off. I think it's hard to scale all of that attack dice up. Because remember, each time you train it, it gets harder and harder to train. Right. You have to continually do those rolls, and those bones can really set you back if you're unlucky. Um, so I do think that he falls off a little bit in the late game, but that's one of the reasons why I love this comp. Having these two characters, they can really feel for each other's weaknesses. Exactly. Alrighty, so you think... Early, mid, or late game is best for him. I think, I really think he's a powerhouse in the early game. I think that just being able to get very quickly to that one point baddie execution, um, being able to huck an axe at somebody from all the way across and deal two damage, it's really impactful in the early game. And you're also going to be stacking up your body count really fast in the early game. Um, I think that the most important skills to go for for him are really going to be that like a kobold, and I really, really love the Intimidate and Enervate mm. skill as well, or those two skills, I should say, because um, it can really it can really help him go before the enemies and right. having the Glass Cannon fire first. That's huge. Do you think there's a fall-off point for him? Um, I, I, I think I do. I, I think that he can scale well, right? If you get that third Rage die, you can still get some free attack in there. Uh, if you get, you know, the strength in skill dice, you can, again, get some free attack. But I think attack dice only carries you so far. Yeah. Because by the time we hit the end game, I mean, I'm swinging against Blobulus and, you know... Callus. Yeah, Callus or, or Hardy or any of these things, I mean, they really can set you back because attack dice only takes you so far. Not to mention break. If you're going up against something with break or even, what's the other one, sword breaker... If you go up against either of those skills, you you can have a little bit of a hard time. I said callus, I meant swordbreaker. Callus yes. is the opposite of what swordbreaker. <laughs> yeah, callus was easy. Callus is the one you are you thriving like, against. I think I think you're actually thinking of dodge, the one where you can only deal damage to attack. Man, we should just with check. attack dice. I, I think that was callus as well, though. Wasn't we it? should check the dang sheet. Let's see callus first. Okay, callus. This unit can only lose HP from damage dealt by attack yeah, dice. Exactly. Okay, that's the one. Um, so but that's he's, something you're good against. Yes, but dodge. Um, dodge, I think, that he struggles with. You cannot reduce uh, their HP with attack dice. Right. That hurts. 
Break, any attack dice you use to reduce this unit's HP must be exhausted. And then Swordbreaker, because um, that's the one... Swordbreaker, at the end of this unit's turn, its targets must exhaust one of their attack dice if they lose HP or buff mm. HP. So again, anytime you're losing that attack dice, it hurts. It but really even so, stings. I mean, you have the Execute, you have the Axe Collector. It's true. You're not a sitting duck. Yeah. But it, Very solid character. Super solid. Yeah, he's got a lot of ways to deal with stuff. So let's, let's talk a little bit about how he functions on the three different mats. Yes. Um, of course, you know, he was built with the base game. I feel like he works just fine on the base game mat. Um, you know, it's it's nothing outstanding, but I don't feel like it's outstanding for anyone. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Undertow, on the other hand, I think, I think that he does okay on Undertow. You can burst down some, some of those Kreln. You can um, you can get them before they hit your raft, um, and I think that's really all to say on the undertow side. Um, for the lava mat in Unbreakable, I think he's solid. I like that he has at least one movement skill. He has ways to get around the board, but he's also not the best at it. You don't you don't have anything like with Picket or with Gale where you're just getting free movement nonstop. It's not it's not that crazy, but at least he has some ways to move around the board. So um, he can manage at least. He can manage. And he's usually got some decks to spare. So if he needs to get out of a nasty lava position, it works. Okay. Um I think we kinda we kinda already covered a little bit of the baddie skills to watch out for. Is yeah. there any other honorable mentions you wanted to talk about, or did we cover everything? I feel like we kind of covered it. We, you know, break and sword breaker and dodge. Um, those are gonna and hardy. Those are gonna give you a hard time. Um, but you can really do some work against something that's got compound. Right. You can you can take them out. Um, or callus. Or or callus. You can really get those <laughs> callus right guys. this time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Um, you can really burst them down. Um, I did want to mention, watch out for mischief. Those goblin mm, guys that yes. can take stuff out of your active. Oof. That removes your rage dice, folks. Well, it also removes the uh, the buff HP as well. Which yes, it does. Not great against our combo. Thankfully, Ooh. didn't go against any of those. We, yeah, we really didn't. We didn't get any goblins in this in in either of our playthroughs. So um, we got lucky there. But keep an eye out for them. And then you kind of mentioned the innate. Um, you tease a little bit of the innate plus one. Um, let's let's have you run through it, and then do you love it or you hate it? Um, that's a great question. So his, his innate plus one is fearless rage. In addition to his benefits from rage, he also ignores all breakdown occurrences. Mm. I thought, meh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I got my innate plus one and I don't think I, I don't even think it came up. Mm. If you're keeping track of your rage dice, you should never be having a breakdown anyway. And if you get unlucky, then it's not the end of the world. So anyway, as a you know, new player, probably a little bit more impactful. I think I think it definitely could be more impactful if you're newer. It's nice to be able to ignore those breakdowns, mm. but <laughs> I don't know that I necessarily love it or that I would say outright to lose it. But of the two, I'll say lose it. Okay. I think I think you can get away with not bothering. All right. So now we're gonna move on to combinations. Who is going to work best with tantrum? Um, that's a good question. I think that he really needs somebody to back up his downfalls. I think he needs somebody to give him some consistency, to give him some longevity, to give him 
a way to stay on the mat for a little bit longer because boy howdy those four hp can go by really quickly if you're not moving like a kobold at the moment um so i think that somebody like carcass can work really well with him having you know a big beefy friend is always amazing of course patches is wonderful um i also think that tantrum works really well with gasket gasket Mm -hmm. is of course um i i think he's one of my favorite tanks in the game because he gets targeted as though he was the weakest even though he's got just a ton of shields on him um so he can do he can do great things kind of tanking for you and if you're going with gasket or carcass you can both build towards this kind of bruiser style um without either of you having to go too much into the tanking either because you kind of have some self-sustain built in there um, and then I also think that Tantrum works really well with Nugget. Mm. Um, we don't talk about Nugget a whole ton. I feel like he's kind of... Slept on. He's a little slept on. Yeah. Um, or maybe, is Nugget a she? Pretty sure it's a she. Okay. Nugget's a she. <laughs> I'm just misgendering the character here, folks. You get canceled. <laughs> we just started. Come on. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I do think that Nugget is, is pretty fantastic. Having things like the long blade... And those stones can really uh, make up for some issues. Having the long-range dagger with the bleed is really powerful. These can help you deal with some of your problems. Um, you can you can deal with some of these things that you know, like dodge that ignores the attack dice, or break, or hardy. You know, Nugget has a lot of ways around those things. So definitely keep an eye on Nugget. And I think. That about wraps us up. Yeah, that okay. covers the dynamics, covers all the intricacies of the character. Is there anything so. else you want to talk about with these two in particular on the the same team? Um, not particularly. I do think I do think that we kind of picked a. I mean, not to a say good a good matchup. Yes, this is this is a good comp. These two, um, if perhaps a little boring. <laughs> yeah, I or mean, maybe well, straightforward is a better word. Boring until we, because we obviously we went against Blobulus. Right. Boring until we got to Blobulus as the boss. Very yes. difficult once we started fighting him. Yeah, that was a rough tyrant battle. I would say as well, I, I like that we went against Blobulus because you get a variety of creatures to go against. Yep. So you get a variety of skills that you can we can figure out, okay, what are we good against, what are we bad against. Yes. Um, and plus, Blobulus is really fun. He's so, it's fun to say Blobulus. It is Let's fun. Let's be honest. <laughs> Um, I would definitely, uh, you know, I would definitely say that this comp can do really well um, against tyrants that have. Honestly, this comp can do really well against just about anybody. I think yeah. that dealing with Hardy is not really an issue um, between the axes and the poisons. I think that you can make up the damage that you need to get done. Um, and I think that you know tyrants that don't have those, and you can just burst them down. Boy, you can burst them down. So, yeah, I think all in all, if you are just starting out and you've got the base game and you're just two dumb childhood best friends playing this new board game for the first time, maybe these two are a great way to start. I think, because we started with these two, didn't we? Weren't these the first two? I know. I was Picket and you were Tantrum. Oh, that's what it was. It was Picket and Tantrum. So Not the worst combo either, but this is definitely probably, as far as the base characters go, I'd say this is the best combination. I think, I I definitely think so. And I know that there's some people in the community who will argue with me because there are some some serious boomer stands out there, my boy. I have gotten into some arguments. (laughs) Oh, man. I know. I never really thought that this uh, board game would have such... 
oh, I, I guess vocal fans. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there are some vocal fans out there, and people love Boomer. Hey there, folks. I get into a little bit of a tangent after that, so I think we're just going to go ahead and cut it there. Um, I did want to say thank you so very much to everybody who has been leaving us comments. Uh, you guys have been so very supportive. We appreciate all of you. Um, you should now be able to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, so feel free to leave us a review there or here or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode. We certainly would appreciate it. Um, we really appreciate your guys' patience through all of this. We're just a couple of dumb guys who do this as a hobby. We really love this game, or rather these games, and uh, we're, we're really excited that we get to share that with you guys. So... Um, I also wanted to tease our next episode just a little bit. Ooh, uh, we've got 20 Strong finally was delivered to us, and we have played and lost <laughs> a couple of games of 20 Strong. Uh, that uh, That is a tough game. Boy, I'll tell you. Um, but we're going to get into our kind of preliminary thoughts on that next episode, and I believe that we're also going to be discussing our uh, buyer's guide for Too Many Bones. It's kind of our budget uh, Too Many Bones uh, introduction, if you will. So stay tuned for that. We're going to continue to be posting once per week for the time being, so keep an eye out for us on Thursdays. Both Caleb and I work full-time, and we kind of have not super overlapping schedules at the moment, so we're going to see how long this uh, once-a-week thing can keep up, but we're really giving it a go. We're going to keep trying for as long as we possibly can. Uh, but if you guys do have any questions, comments, concerns, you can always reach us at thespireslookout at gmail.com, and as always, keep on crushing those baddies. We'll see you next week.